I yeah, I mean I can't I can't begrudge anyone for having found their comfort zone because it's like life's yeah, hard. No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so I, and it's I like I don't think that's right because it depends what your comfort zone is. And if your comfort zone is one you know where you don't want to understand other people, then that's not a good place to be. What does understanding other people mean when people I'm, don't understand themselves? Sorry, though, how about accepting? Sure. Why shouldn't people <laughs> well, be vocal okay. about their experiences if they're not hurting other people? But that's what. But that's that. There, there is an element of hurt by being put outside of your comfort zone. But I'd no, say no, exactly no, the same about trigger warnings, though. I'd say exactly I, I, the well, same no, no, about no, trigger I, warnings. There's definitely an argument that we said that actually people who moan too much about triggers and trigger warnings, there has to be an acceptance that you live in a world where lots of things happen and people are going to be talking about mm-hmm. them. You know, there's days when I'm depressed that I find uh, Laura Snedden. Mm-hmm. talks at great length about depression on Twitter. Some days I find it empowering and uplifting. Some days, especially when I'm feeling really bad, she sets me off. Yeah. But that's not her fault. And I don't expect to her to say, to phone me up. <laughs> no, I don't expect her to say trigger warning and to talk about depression. No, you talk about what you fucking like. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just going to have to accept. And obviously from my own experience, and I think there's certain... Um, it's impossible for me to talk about trigger warnings around things like rape and so forth because mm. that's something I can't even imagine mm. living with. But but yeah, when it when it comes to you know certainly depression, which is something that's very very close to me, I don't expect trigger warnings. People are going to talk about it, and there will be days. I have to accept that there will be days when I'm not coping very well, and reading about it is going to make me worse. But, in an o- in an open platform, yeah, I totally understand that, mm. and in a blogging situation mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. where people have to come to you i totally understand that but at a dinner party well yeah i mean you you gauge the temperature of the room don't you that's because you do because it's no fun mm-hmm. like there are plenty of things you can talk about that don't mm-hmm. make mm. that don't make some people feel uh, uncomfortable mm-hmm. more than other people so you gauge the temperature mm-hmm. of the room and if your jokes mm-hmm about uh if if for example mm-hmm. the joke about the uh, little kid with the welding mm-hmm. mask seems to be hitting too close to her, which i think is a fairly mild mm-hmm. joke but does have intonations of of child molestation in mm-hmm. it um seems to be making like mm-hmm. h- hitting too close to the mark for some people mm-hmm. you just change in the same way that you don't buy fucking pizza if someone <laughs> you choose a different takeaway if someone in the room has a cheese intolerance or something like well, that. You, you know get what I mean? pizza without cheese on it. Yeah, and they and and a wheat intolerance. Why can't you be? Well, let's get gluten free, cheese free pizza. Why don't we just get some tomato sauce for you? You eat that, and the rest of us are eat your pizza, and stop making us live to your rules. Nick. Look, the, my my point, I think. Well, it's not really a point. It's more a, a position. I think is that uh, tolerance is tolerance is enough. People don't have to be comfortable with everything I guess that what they see. I guess what you're saying, it's a two-way street. Yeah. Mm. And it's and it's kind of 
I mean, there are, um, uh, listener, you meet James and I in the middle of a heated discussion. Right. Just are we to, doing it now? Is might this as well. the show? I'll, I'll cut in. It'll be fine. But just to contextualize what we're talking about, um, we're talking about lifestyles, different people's lifestyles. And, uh, we're talking about, uh, for example, I'm just gonna, just gonna uh, posit an example, um, that isn't too close to any uh, specific experience, but say a dinner party where different people at the table have, have very different lifestyles and nobody's picketing the dinner party, but the conversation's getting a bit raucous about people's sexual experiences. Yeah. And I've never been to a dinner party. What should I wear? It's like a barbecue, but for, well-spoken people. Can I wear shorts? Hmm? Can I wear shorts? Um, as long as they're pleated. Would I be all right in what I've got on now? I don't think there's there's many scenarios where you'd be okay with what you've got on. Listener. <laughs> Listen, let me describe what James is wearing. So he is wearing shorts. They're bright pink. Yeah. Which isn't a problem. Mm. Uh, but they're bright pink and uh, there's like uh, graffiti designs mm-hmm. on it. There's a giant graffitied penis Yep. Approximately where James's actual penis is, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, he's that kind of giant. He's kind penis, of wearing a, a cummerbund, yeah, like a shirt with a cummerbund, but up to my nipples, but up to his nipples, yeah. and then over the top of that, he's wearing like a, a, a kind of a tux, mm. but it's a cut off at the you know, it's a bit about waist waist length, like a waiter's jacket, and he's got a lot of makeup on, <laughs> yeah. which I don't have a. It's just. As I understand it, this clown thing is a relatively new thing for mm-hmm. him. And uh, most people really nail down the persona, their clown persona, before they start taking it out in public. But James has just decided, fuck it, he's going to freeball it. I call myself uh, Insane Clown Possibly. <laughs> in- insane Clown Possibly? Yeah. That's brilliant. Thank you. I don't think we need to revisit the previous conversation. No. Um, It's been a couple of weeks. It's been a while. Uh, yeah. Part of the reason that's Comedy Bang Bang reference, which I think is a reference to a song. It is, yeah, which is what I always think about. I, it's a, a, some sort of rock song, isn't it? Yeah, I but, don't... But not the sort of rock I listen to, I don't think. Uh, J- James and I are, at this show that you're listening to, uh, James and I are Two Grown Men. The show is called Two Grown Men. Yes. It's not much of a stretch with the naming there. No. We talk about parenting and just being yeah, men. Sometimes. Sometimes being men our age, yeah. all sorts of different things. If this is your first time listening, can it possibly be anybody's first time listening? <laughs> I don't know. But that's- oh, no, well, no, you say that, but um, I saw a very old friend of mine uh, last week. Which was actually, it was very nice. What I, it was kind of what I needed at the time. Um, and he spent the morning with me. He'd been down for, um, uh, the, the funeral of a, uh, sibling of a friend of ours. Um, and, um, he said, I think he listened to a show from a couple of weeks ago and that was his first show. So, so if, is... if you're listening, Mark, hello, mate. It was really nice to see you the other day. Hilo. Hilo. <laughs> I misspoke. I loved it. Thank you. It's a bit like Bing on CBeebies. I don't watch being on CBB. Scarlet is sorry. I'm going to sidetrack it by talking to my about my daughter. That's what the show's supposed to be about. I heard um, a phrase from her for the first time that I thought I'd probably have to wait a couple more years to hear. She was talking about some television. I said, "Did you want to watch something?" I don't know whether it was on CBBS, and she said, "No, it's too babyish." Oh, but I love some of that stuff. Oh, and yeah, but no, but she's getting into really enjoyable stuff. Like she watched Powerpuff Girls, and she likes the regular show. 
and you know my little pony's reasonably tall so like she's watching cartoons that have got a little bit in there for adults as well bing well, has regular show gets really weird and dark bing, sometimes bing has loads of stuff for adults in i love it okay and in Waybaloo they do yoga Except they yes. call it yoga, which I suspect is to get around some sort of licensing thing. Or it's easy for a kid to say, maybe. Yoga. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So we, uh, okay. So we're parenting, parenting and grown man lifestyle, uh, uh, uh podcast. If you're a new listener, <laughs> hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Really? Men's unfitness. Men's unfitness, uh, lifestyle, uh, yeah. podcast. Uh, you can listen to us at twogrownmen.net. Yeah. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud and, uh, YouTube and Facebook. And we're on Twitter at 2GM Pod. Um, you can subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. We are on iTunes. We're in various other places. Please mm. do rate and review us in those places. If you want to talk to us, you can talk to us by emailing us at 2GMPod uh-huh. at gmail.com yep. or 2GMPod on Twitter. Yeah. Or you can talk directly to James or I at... Uh, I'm James Momb, which is James M-O-M-B, at Twitter. Uh, dot com slash forward internet. slash uh, sex porn man. Yes. And I'm Nick site N-I-X-S-I-G-H-T. To be honest, you might be better off talking to us directly on on Twitter. I might have ruined the two gem account, which we'll get onto in a little That's bit. Fine. I've got a, I've got a Gmail account now as well. You could e- email me. It's kids. Have you? Yeah, I've, uh, it's called it's jamesmomb34 at gmail dot com. All right, okay. You're not thirty four though. Did you type it in thirty three times and that was? It, it was the um, it was the first um, number of the the first flat I lived in. After I moved out of um, my parents' house, ah, it just sounds like a. And I've always, it's always been a bit of a, it's a hangover from the, uh, the early days of the internet for me. Or well, the turn of the millennium. Nick's site for me is roughly the same thing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, no. what is it with this one hair that just sticks out? Because well, I get those. I was trimming yesterday. Have I, have I got a hair that sticks out? You did have earlier on, but it might have fallen out. I get them all the time well, no, as well. I have well. smoothed it down. You've I, got a much tidier beard than I have. Well, no, I had a proper trim. I, um, I, had, I had quite a full beard. with the. I've just got a goatee now. And much shorter than it was as well. Taken about two inches off the length of the beard. But, <laughs> like you know one inch is. I, I had, <laughs> I had, uh, I had a, um, I had quite a full beard yesterday. Decided to trim it off and leave the goatee. Would you, would you care to guess how many razors it took? About three. It normally takes me three. Five. Blimey. Five. It you were a, a wiry ass motherfucker. Yeah, it, it was a five razor shave. I am um, because normally just the whole thing. I can mm. I can get the whole beard down to a, a nothing in three. I had a but then I do hair. cut my face to shreds. Didn't cut myself, but I was See. a big fluffy bastard, as that bloke observed in the park the other day. We should um, we should talk about one of our sponsors, uh, Ronnie's Razors dot com. They've got this system where you, no, that's not true. Oh, I totally do. The, what, what's the what's the razors that are doing the doing the rounds? The actual ones. Can't yeah. remember. I, I totally. I take it's, advertising from them. I I, sh- I shave now again. It's like there are only three people sponsoring podcasts, yeah. but they're sponsoring all of them. Spread themselves very. Yeah. Well, uh, are those Warby Parker? Uh, yes. Glasses you've got. On there? No. Uh, I uh, no, they're not. I did try and 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 um, secure a, a sponsorship deal of of some description well mm. really i just wanted to try and get my glasses cheap last time but 
but the uh, Glasses Direct have got too big now All right. to really answer my emails. Fair enough. I quite like um, the way that uh, Tell Em Steve Dave deals with adverts. They've had a they've had a relationship with MeUndies for a while, and they've got a whole they do a whole skit. They've got a character called MeUndies, who's a pair of underpants and uh, is also a secret agent. And they, these long sort of five ten minute pieces of of, um, of advertising, but they're very funny. I, I quite like it. I like the way they do that because it's like well, I accept that um, for many podcasts, advertising is a good way of paying your way because podcasting doesn't come for free we have hosting and so on and so forth you know we do it for free because no one to sponsor us and we love doing it but mm-hmm. um I, I like it if if you can make the advert fun in a podcast it doesn't half help in many ways the me undies thing does sound like my worst thing ever though they do sound very comfortable though and they're well, very cheap no just the idea of advertising becoming like normal advertising <laughs> really oh, right, yeah it kind of uh, sponsorship. I, I, I guess I might be quite lucky in that most of the podcasts I listen to, actually, this isn't really true anymore, but it seemed to be the case before that most of the podcasts I listen to were being sponsored by product or services that they mm. actually used anyway. Yeah. That's actually not been the case for a little while now. No. So, um, I like the old model of American, American advertising back in the, <coughs> excuse me, back in the 50s. Um, there's a, a story I heard the other day about um, Salvador Dali. I uh, was interviewed on, a, on an American show back in the 50s, and the, um, the, the interviewer's introducing him, and then turns around, and he's got Salvador Dali in the background, and starts doing a piece to camera about these cigarettes he's smoking. He's, which, That's so which, weird, isn't it? Which, to me, is, is, is the perfect guest, because it's such a surreal image. <laughs> I rather like that it was Dali they were talking about. But it is strange, isn't it, that they were both smoking cigarettes during the interview anyway, and the guy just cut off to go, oh, have you tried cancer cigarettes? There's a, a thing going around at the moment, which is somebody's uh, somebody's uh, thing that they've imagined of the last ever seen in Mad Men. Oh, yeah. Which is cut to the 1980s. Uh, Don Draper comes up with the idea for the Umbongo advert, an advert that will culturally change the landscape for decades mm-hmm. after and be remembered forever and then dies. Yeah. And, and um, people's perceptions of the Congo. Yeah. No, absolutely. Before, Setting them back quite some way, probably. Before Umbongo, it was the heart of darkness, wasn't it? It was, you know, the, the sort of the dark, impenetrable um, uh, jungle. Whereas uh, since Umbongo, it was uh, it's some sort of paradise. We had. Literally no idea, and I, I know that I know using the word literally. Not mm. a lot of people do it. It's only really reserved for the yeah. most uh, strong of cases. But I really do feel this strongly about it. it. We had literally no idea, and I don't think you can overstate this. Mm. We had literally no idea what they drank there. No, none at all. Not until not until not until the adverts. Bombay, yeah. And now we know at least that about the Congo. Do you think anyone in the Congo has teeth? Um, prob- I, probably not. No, because I think Umbongo is quite sugary. Still off the sugar, Nick. Still, That's you're like still five, off the sugar. Six weeks I've been off sugar. Yeah, now. you've become apparently an evangel- evangelist. Well, no. An evangelist. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you become an evangelist In, about it. Instead of uh, instead of eating sugar, I just play the Blade Runner thing. Every every fucking thing we mention that could possibly be linked to sugar, like Umbongo. Yeah. You mention it. So at the time when uh, Umbongo, everyone was losing their teeth in the Congo mm. because of Umbongo. Yeah. 
Um, of course, over here we were drinking the much more healthy Sunny Delight. <laughs> Sunny D. It, it's so orangey, it even turns your teeth orange. It's like uh, Cocoa Pops for the mouth. There's a, uh, I just. Where else would you put Cocoa Pops? <laughs> I guess. I know, I know. It's um, too orangey to turn the milk brown. I know, I what? Know, I know in France they like to take um, Cocoa, Cocoa Pops as a suppository. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I actually, I because why wouldn't you? Is it's it's true, isn't it? That the suppositories are more popular in France. Apparently, this might be apocryphal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this are more, is true. Are more, are more, are more popular than than like you know aspirin. They just they get a suppository. But I kind of I get the um I I get I remember listening to someone talk about it. It probably on the radio, and like the ethos is well, why would you want to put it in your mouth? It's like this drug that's chemicals you're putting it why why put it in your mouth why not stick it up your ass and save your mouth save your mouth for nice things this sounds like exotic exoticizing like jetons and frog's legs you're 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 falling into that you're you're it's like positive stereotyping of them as just more sophisticated than us and more rational and so i I intend to visit france at some point this this year so i will find out if i I walk in and went voulez-vous un aspirin s'il vous plaît uh, and if if they hand me a suppository, I know you'll turn up doing your impersonation yeah. of a posh donkey. Or <laughs> ask me. Ho he ho he ho. Exactly. The thing is, the thing is I, I don't. I'm I, don't down. I don't mind saying French words as long as I'm in England. But yeah. you, you take me to France and get me to say something in front. I won't, because the way they look at you when you're mangling your, their language, they're not happy. Aren't they? they don't like it. I feel like I feel like we let a lot of uh, gold go, and still no one stepped forward to Why start not? writing the wiki or the uh, the full transcripts. So I've just written posh donkey. <laughs> I only write down your stuff. Well, I mean, I'll only write down my stuff because I can't. I don't really listen to me. Um, yeah. The, the I feel like we've gone off 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 track <laughs> a, a tiny bit. Was there a track? Uh, yeah, we uh, last week's show, we did record last week's show. Yeah, I was pretty monosyllabic, though, so I'm not that disappointed it got lost. It it did. It got lost to technology. Mm. We will be trying to use the same technology again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it faltered. That was uh, probably my fault at some level, somehow. I don't know, because I'm, I'm that much of a narcissist. I do, it was a weird... I, it, from my end, from my end, it looked like it should have been really straightforward. So I don't know what interface you saw, but... I don't really understand why it didn't work either. Technology. But I think the principle behind it, um, given what you were thinking about, was was very good. <laughs> well, no, it, was, it seems like it should be a relatively friction-free way of um, getting a decent recording from a guest. Yeah. Just it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't, didn't work this it, time. The concept was great, though. Uh, that's PodClear. Uh, you can find out more about PodClear at podclear.com. It, it does seem like it'll be a lovely service. We just haven't got it working yet. I will say, in case I leave this in, that their uh, support <laughs> were amazing. They were mm-hmm. like 24-hour support, and they were right yeah. there um, when I got in touch with them. And th- they gave me uh, some advice. So um, that counts for a lot. But so we uh, we've lost we've lost that episode, uh, which is why we, there was no episode last week. Um, I I can't remember if it was then or if it was immediately following the election. No, it was it was at some other point when I was on my own late at night and shouldn't have been left uh, in control of any Twitter accounts. <laughs> um, 
And there was a hashtag going round, and I can't remember what the fa- hashtag was, but it was something like, how do you spot a feminist? Or mm-hmm. something like that. Now, I, you know, James, mm. that uh, I am a huge fence sitter when it comes to most things. Oh, I'm broad- I, thought, I thought you were going to ask me how you do it, because I thought it is uh, flat shoes and hairy legs. But I'm... <laughs> I'm- <laughs> I'm broadly, I'm broadly down with equality. Mm. Uh, not broadly, I'm totally down with equality. Yeah. But I do get uh, very frustrated and outspoken about uh, really definitive idealism, mm-hmm. don't I? So, so I'm more often on the wrong side of uh, what I'm calling the wrong side of argument. Mm. I'm more often on the right with a capital R side of arguments about ideal certain idealistic things like feminism mm. and, and race and and stuff like that um as i am on the left side of them well you're one of these people who, who likes to pick fights with people who um, are idealistic because it's it's easy to do i don't like to pick fights i hate it oh yeah but in reality Boo. I actually don't. Reality. I actually don't like it's people like you, man. Look, this isn't this isn't about me. Uh, Small th- thinking that holds us back. This isn't about me boasting about uh, about my rationalism. No, um, but when I see a hashtag like that, my my nose kind of immediately wrinkles up at it, and I think, yeah. hmm, this this should be fun. Uh, this should be uh, a fun checklist of ways of spotting an actual feminist. Mm. And then I went on there, and it <laughs> seemed it seemed to be mostly people who think feminism just just in general as a concept, rather than like certain so, certain groups of feminists. Can I get the can actual? I, can I guess who was who was inhabiting the, the the hashtag? Was it was it mostly men who think that feminism is another word for misandry? No, it was. Hmm. I mean, I believe in the Venn. I mean, we're talking about quite a complicated Venn diagram. Mm. But I think some of those people would have been in it. There were mm. some people who were probably women as well, uh, but more tradi- like with more tra- traditional sort of dare I say backwards values. And but it was largely it was largely people thinking they were taking the piss out of feminists. Yeah. And then to be honest, almost equally po faced. Mm. No. Almost equally as unfunny and unself-aware, there were the actual, the people who identify as feminists who were hijacking it by saying, oh, uh, how do you spot a feminist? Well, obviously, if you find someone excellent and super intelligent and more highly evolved than someone else, then they're a feminist. And uh, normally I'd find them quite annoying. Mm. But actually, the people who were being anti, Mm. well... It wasn't so much that they were being anti, although I've, I, I kind of think that's a bit backwards anyway. Um, it, it, it was that they weren't actually being funny. Their jokes weren't very good. Yeah. And because it was late at night and because I think that we talk about gender on this show quite a lot, I decided mm. um, it, it was more appropriate to respond from the Two Grown Men account. because, And, and also uh, I had a conversation with someone a little while ago who suggested that w- what you do when you're promoting something like this is – if there are things like hashtags or big conversations that are going on approximately in your mm. area, you should get involved with them because mm. then people – so I thought I'd get involved. And so um, I started responding to uh, some of the people who were making jokes, uh, uh, um, uh, like anti-feminist jokes, just more trying to hone their jokes yeah. for them by actually questioning the internal logic of – some of them. Oh, I'm sure they welcomed you with opening arms. I don't think most of them realised. Oh, 
is the thing. But um, and the in the recorded show that didn't make it out, in mm. the show we recorded that didn't make it out, I asked James if he had um, ever because obviously I think James and I both had not great experiences at school but okay. no. but um, I, I just wanted to ask the question of whether or not James had ever felt like uh, ever thinks about times when maybe he was actually a bully and just didn't realise at the time mm-hmm. because I have time there were mm-hmm. a couple of experiences and in this particular case I know that what I was doing could broadly be said to be trolling these people mm-hmm. But I was really not. I mean, I was really nice about it. Yeah. I was just kind of being silly. Mainly, I was the butt of those jokes because I was being really. I don't understand that you're joking. Which is really, you know, when someone when you make a joke on on social media, uh, and then someone responds totally not understanding it's a joke and correcting you on a point. It's not. It doesn't reflect well on them. No. So largely I was taking the mick out of myself. But I, I uh, attracted the attention of a troll. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's the same troll using more than one account, um, dog-themed names. And, uh, Are they and sad puppies? No, they seemed really exuberant with the joy of being hateful. Oh, good. Um, and mean. And they started being really mean to the two grown men account. Oh, Okay. But you have we talked about how I've started responding to obnoxious people on the internet no. recently? I mean, aside from obviously being one mm. myself, um, is I'm just. Oh, by the re- way, hi if you're hi if you're listening for the first time after being mean to the account. <laughs> um, I just uh, I just try to be really nice to them because mm. because I think that's a, the best way to deal with negativity. Mm. And also because it really pisses them off. Mm. It seems to. I, I, it's a, something I learned from Harvey, the film rabbit. about the rabbit. Yeah. Actually from Elwood P. Dowd. I'm not even sure that's his real name um, or his character name. But mm. the, the main character played by Jimmy Stewart in the film uh, is just always nice to a fault, even when people are trying to get him put away mm. in a sanitarium, which is yeah. probably how this story ends for me as well, eventually. It's just mm-hmm. really, really polite. So I was just being really polite to this account. So mm. it was saying, you must be gay because no one likes you or something. And I'd say, well, I mean, I'm I'm not. But thank you. And then he started saying nasty things about my mother. Mm. And I said, well, wow, no. you've never met her. No. She's she's horrible. She's way worse than you're saying. Yeah, I'm going to say nothing you haven't said yourself, I'm no, sure. <laughs> and, and, just, and just lots of, uh, lots of uh, uh, typical uh, uh, trolley stuff. And I was just being nice to the mm. extent that the first account – blocked me wow um and then and then another account that also had a dog themed name and roughly the same voice turned up a little mm-hmm. while later and started again. um i'm not apologizing for that but it probably did make the two grown men account for anyone who was watching on a feed where mm. you can see mentions mm-hmm. it probably made it unreadable for for a whole night well i'm a bit basically. disappointed you dragged me into that did i well, yeah. oh, because you're invo- cause, yeah. cause you're involved. Because you're involved. Because I'm involved in two grown men. Um, tangentially, but but the 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 real. I mean, aside from aside from the, and I'm being a bit arch about it, but I do honestly think that's a, that's particularly at the moment. I think that's pretty good advice. If someone's being obnoxious, just be nice to them. Because well, that's it, advice. Full stop. In ge- life, just generally, yeah. but online it definitely works mm. because trolls don't. 
really have a coping mechanism for that. Or you can yeah. mute them, but don't block them because no. that just sends them off happy that they've yeah. succeeded. Or you can block them. Do whatever you like with your social media accounts. Mm. I'm just saying. You really backed away from that advice really quick, <laughs> didn't you? That was the quickest retreat I've ever seen in my life. But I, I find it particularly um, sat, not satisfying, but I like to know that, A, I haven't backed down mm. because that's something that really bothers like me. Like Tom Petty. Like Tom Petty, exactly like Tom Petty, also mm. learning to fly. But at the same time, um, I haven't. it's never become that negative experience for me because mm. I'm literally not taking them that seriously um it never descended to the point where they were finding my personal information and sending my family death threats or anything so obviously i'm not talking about the major league trolls i'm just talking about the idiots you encounter on the internet because what if they'd mistakenly thought it was me yeah i know because you are on the left hand side of the picture so you might people might think you were the the driving force and i'm Um, certainly further left than you in reality reality, um but the other thing though that I kind of already knew and maybe people intellectually know but they don't necessarily remember and I did tweet a little bit about this from the Two Grown Men account at the time is it's not it, most of the people that you get into those conversations with mm. um, I'd say this is the case with most of the Gamergate people and most of the most of any of these groups there are the people who have these really confused and passionate confused and passionate beliefs that have been fed to them by someone else and and like they actually are really hateful the sort of trolls that i ended up dealing with that that night they are hateful but it's not people respond to it rationally or personally Mm. and they don't really believe like there were a couple of points when they were saying things about uh saying things about how um i was gay Mm. and if I thought they were a real person, mm. I might bother to respond by saying, well, that's a pretty rubbish. Yeah. There's nothing actually, you know, there's nothing wrong with being gay anyway sort of thing. That's a pretty rubbish insult. Mm. They're very nice people, most gay people. That's not even true. They're as nice or nasty as any of the rest of us. They're just normal people, okay? Yeah. But there's no point because trolls don't believe what, they're saying they're yeah. literally just trying to get a reaction yeah. and so any kind of negative reaction where you're taking it as more seriously than they are is just unhealthy for you yes. and they fucking win yeah that's that's winning them mm. but if you've got a half hour to spare in the middle of the night and literally it's you and your demons unless you take it out on someone else i recommend spending a bit of time engaging one of them and just being really nice to them because it does wind them up I recommend um, Metazapan if you're. If you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gives you a good night's sleep. Nobody's as yet prescribed me anything, is the problem. I'm through the dreams as well now. It's normalised now. It's quite nice because I was getting really horrible, vivid dreams yeah. every night. But no, it's just, it's, it just feels normal now. It's quite, quite pleasant. Um, you're, how, you seem quite bright today. I feel really lighthearted and quite cheerful today. I've had a really nice day. I've, um, spent the last two, three weeks kind of cooped up inside. Not really. The only time I've been out is when I've been with Nicola or Scarlett. In fact, Nicola and Scarlett. I've not really felt like leaving the flat. I've felt very down. Um, you know, sunk back into a, a, a quite a, quite a depression. 
Not a funk. You wouldn't call it a funk. No, I'll call it what it is. Um, okay, cool. But I, um, but yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel good today. I've, I came out um, a little bit earlier, and uh, I had to buy myself some headphones for my personal stereo. Is my iPhone your personal stereo? Oh, that's so cute. Actually, I'll tell you what I did do. That's really good. I um, I subscribed to I, uh, iTunes Match. Oh yeah, which allows you to then store your entire library in the cloud. So it's not a dating thing. No, allows you to store your entire music library in the cloud. So it, it's given me a lot more options on my phone now, which is very nice. That's quite cool. But I've been uh, I've been listening to. I was telling you earlier, I've been listening to the new Bell and Sebastian album, which is lovely. Nobody's Empire, which is the opening track, um, isn't isn't about. It's about. Um, uh, I forget the name of the lead singer, but it's about his experiences he had when he was in his late teens where he had um, a, uh, a fatigue-based illness. But um, the lyrics kind of speak to me in terms of the depression I've had, which I find it's – I really love that album. It really speaks to me as far as that's concerned. It's a really lovely album. I've been listening to the new My Morning Jacket album as well, which is – What sort of music are they? Um, they're kind of uh, – uh, I guess stoner rock. They're an American alternative rock band. Been okay. going a long while. That brings me a little bit more on track. But I am. Um, but yeah, I've I've been feeling. I have a lot more light heart. It's a beautiful day. I've been enjoying it. I uh, just to clarify, I didn't mention funk because I wanted to diminish the depression at all. I was just hoping mm. that we might get some material out of the musical. Oh, I, oh sorry. But no, it's fine. I mean, it's. Um, well, no, that's that's fine if you want to if you want to belittle my experiences, Nick. That's, I I I, I had a, I had a couple of things that I was thinking really intensely mm. before uh, the before the podcast before we recorded today. One of uh, one of them uh, by being upbeat, you've actually uh, diffused for me a little bit, which is that I was feeling really quite. I don't know if I'm just tired, mm. but I was feeling really quite down. Oh. Earlier on, oh, and and um, in the show that we, uh, I'm loving home life, absolutely yeah. loving it, but I am feeling that trying to get anything else done, mm-hmm. there are lots of things I need to do in my extracurricular mm. activities, like yeah. the 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 podcast and stuff like that. But I'm really feeling the weight of struggling to get any of them done or even get started yeah. on them because there's there's a lot and 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 so I'm I'm finding I'm quite lethargic at work. I, I feel like I'm having a nice time in the office. Mm. It's actually all right in the office and I'm working and people are being nice and everything. But then w- when Amy asks me when I get home how my day was, mm. I'm just like, oh, it's all right. I really can't think of anything. Yes, I wasn't here, so it was shit. Yeah, that well, there's that, there's that sort yeah. of feeling, but actually, just spending time around the kids is making mm. me feel, um, is making me f- everything else feel very grey. Yeah, it, it to an extent that, and I talked about that uh, when I've talked about that when there was just Noah, but um, it it's very much it's like the rest of the time is kind of not really mm-hmm. happening yeah. very much, um, but it it made me uh, think. What did I write down? I wrote down some notes. Cool. As, as I was coming back from the toilet to my office earlier on, P-flat. I wrote, just to give you a sense of where my, where my brain was, I said, what if there are no actual comic book store style nerds? You know, mm. the comic yeah, shop yeah, yeah, guy yeah. who you meet a lot of people like that online. Um, almost universally guys, but, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, like poor diet, low energy, shallow interest in lots of things, but no real joy in anything except mm. for short bursts of enthusiasm, but normally negative enthusiasm mm. about like a new trailer or something like that. That's just 
clinic, clinical depression, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And the, the, definitely where I've been over the last three weeks is nothing has given me joy at all. Every day was just – there were like brief little islands of happiness. But otherwise, it's just just – doesn't feel like anything's worth going on for in a way yes. but that's that's like all of the nerds that people spend all of their time that we spend a lot of time criticizing for mm-hmm. being just horribly negative and stuff is maybe if you look yeah. at them as people instead mm. of reactions on mm-hmm. the internet maybe they just need some prescriptions or or some help maybe Maybe, I you know it's, maybe you got to be cautious diagnosing people, haven't you? Because for for as down as I feel, I never, I, rarely do I feel the need to shit on other people because I'm feeling yeah. Down. But I won't. I I actually have those negative feelings. Like there be days, especially if I'm very quiet on Twitter. I'll be there. I'll be looking. Um, but on my really bad days, I spend most of my time sneering at people. Fucking. You just got more self-control than most. Most of them. Uh, self-loathing, though, because I kind of hate myself more than everyone else. And yeah, I that's figure, what if, I say, I, like... if I stick my head above the parapet, that's going to give everyone the opportunity to hate me as much as I hate myself. So, don't really want that. Uh, you've got to be careful when diagnosing people. You've got to also be quite careful when you start suggesting just free-form empathy for people, <laughs> <laughs> because God knows if you start accepting that everyone's just broken inside yeah then you'd never really get angry of anyone That's and true. what would be the point of that yeah well maybe that'd be a good thing i am um, i'll tell you what i've been doing i've been watching a lot of bsg while i've been feeling down i do like that show i need to rewatch it it's been a long time since i watched it and i'd forgotten how much i adore it it's just so good i'd forgotten the final um the final part of that that kind of gravitates back to this idea of quite prog rocky um, music being mm. kind of an immortal, endless, amazing force of nature reminds mm. me of something else I was thinking this morning, which I wanted to mention. But then when you started talking about Bell and Sebastian, I was like, well, this doesn't fit with what I was thinking this morning at all, which is um, I... Such I, a good album. I, you should buy it. It's very good. I listen. Uh, I listened to uh, Anthony Johnston's Unjustly Maligned episode about Hudson Hawk this morning. Mm-hmm. And so I've been paying attention to his timeline, and he's been talking to our friend, a friend of the show, David Wynn, about music. Okay. And a lot of the music they've been talking about is the sort of stuff I know you quite like, as that mm-hmm. you can. I've seen you having these conversations as well, and I was thinking that like something weird goes on. There's. I used to have. I've always had quite eclectic music taste, and I think the three of you would. That's the case with. You three as well. And we're all approximately the same age, some mm-hmm. a bit younger and a bit older, but approximately the same age. R- similar sensibilities when it comes to liking lots of, like being quite open-minded about the stuff we mm. listen to. But there is this this sort of prog rock across to, uh, it's a mainly a metal thing, to be honest, okay. that I just... I guess it was I guess it was something that a lot of people in our mm. generation really tapped into mm-hmm. to a lesser or greater extent and I was definitely around the right people mm. to get into that. I used to go to this um when I was a, about 14 or 15 I used to go to this mm. like youth club where most of the 
most of the music was very metal and and i had like a uh uh i guess a denim denim jacket and i i made a go of it i did i bought an iron maiden mm-hmm. album or i got one bought for me for my birthday and i i listened to a lot of iron maiden i think mm-hmm. although not enough that i'd remember it i mainly like the covers of the albums oh they're fantastic they are <coughs> they are but i think for most people they're more of an entry they're more of an entry point to the the actual band and the music that never happened to me they're a, yeah they're a, yeah that's true it's a beachhead so, but Iron Maiden's a beachhead was a beachhead for me in terms of getting into metal. That's what got me into metal in the eighties. So, well, that, and that's the thing is everything was there to get me into that stuff, mm. and my sensibilities were definitely not. I I don't I don't require that music mm. be gentle. I like inte- I like intense music. I a lot of the. Um, stuff I started dance, I started dancing to and getting really into, uh, when I started properly going out in the mm. sixth form, going out to clubs and stuff like that was, I guess, the Grebo stuff that was, it probably seems quite light compared to most it, metal, but it was very heavy and headbanging and. It, it was light, unless you were into hardcore techno back in the those days, you were listening to very lightweight music. Yeah, definitely. And it's sort of edging, and it said sort of edging into industrial music a little bit, mm. which again probably seems really light compared to, so I like the electronic, the more electronic sounding stuff. It's funny, liking thrash metal is what got me into like hardcore techno and have a house. Yeah, it's like I the see, BPMs are really high, it's the same sort of deal really. And I, so I don't, I don't know, and it's something I don't, I don't normally register, and it certainly isn't a value judgment because enough people whose opinions I respect about stuff do like this stuff, mm. and I loved, I loved the little bits of stuff I got a lot of exposure to on mm. MTV, probably. So there are certain Metallica tracks, and I love Therapy, mm. but only Therapy. Only, Therapy, Therapy? Question mark. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, your your voice acting was excellent then, and Thank I didn't you. pick up on it. I thought you were just doing that thing we all picked up from Australian soap operas of asking questions at the end of every sentence. Um, but when you, when you, and it isn't just the three of you, but you're the three people that I normally have the most tastes in common with the mm-hmm. rest of the time, start talking about uh, metal. Mm. It's, it's just like you're literally talking a language mm-hmm. that I have no, it's like Greek. I should, strictly speaking, be able to speak that language, but it just I just have a complete dead spot for it, blind but, spot for it. But to be fair, though, when David starts talking about metal from about 91, 92 onwards, I'm, I'm lost because hmm. I started listening to slightly different things. I you know, stopped buying Kerrang! and started buying the NME, and my, my taste then skewed off towards Indian dance music. Yeah, sure. So it's... Um, but yeah, I like having an eclectic taste of music. I don't understand how anyone could box themselves into a single genre um, and say I, I like X sort of music because I like all sorts. At the moment, I'm, you know, it's nice and summery and my, my mood's starting to light again. So I'm listening to my morning jacket and, and Bell and Sebastian because they're quite stonery, mm. drift, you know, sort of music but you know when i'm in a bit of a funk or i'm feeling angry i like listen to sabbath or i like listen to um metallica or something you know and there's sometimes i like listen to dance music it's um i can't understand how you could possibly box yourself in but i think some people some people either connect really strongly with music or don't nikki and i my my wife nikki have a very different relationship Mm -hmm. to music you know she still listens to radio one um and, and likes quite light and poppy stuff but 
she'd probably say herself she's got a really relatively she does say herself a really shallow relationship with it sort of like she likes music as a nice background whereas i want music that will do something to me Mm -hmm. i want music like like that but that nobody's empire makes me cry i really engage with it not every time i listen to it but you know if i listen to it and i'm in a certain mood it will make me cry and it certainly elates me listening to it and you know that my, my morning jacket um just i find it uh, just elating it just sort of washes over me i love it I, I kind of i i find it weird that we don't all have that relationship with music it's like it it it, it moves me and sort of completely changes your day you know it's um powerful in i i don't i don't think it's an entirely gender thing no, 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 not But, but uh, having said that, in my experience, in my personal experience, it has normally been I because Amy and I have exactly that same relationship to music, almost, mm. almost to a word, and that has been my ex- experience a lot of the time. But I think part of it is, got, got guys, m- m- men in general have this. I think we have we tend to have a more a slightly more obsessive or because what you're describing the emotional resonance that's mm. a different thing and i definitely feel that but at the same time the 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 same reason we kind of tend to gravitate towards the collector side of comics and mm-hmm. and the stat side of sports and stuff like that there's a the train spot in us yeah there's a we we gravitate towards learning mm. the uh the, you know, knowing the being the most mm. expert in in that particular thing, and I think music, the the uh, al- alternative genders that uh, genders the alternative genres of music to pop tend to really reward that. You know, you can read because there was there was definitely there was definitely an element to because I read Enemy in my early twenties, and there was a definite element w- within that area of. Um, if you don't know this stuff, you're somehow rubbish and you need to learn. Mm. I, I remember very specifically there was a, a two-week period where I didn't read Enemy for some reason and that was it for me because oh, I, I went back and tried to read it again and they were already talking about bands and stuff that I didn't know what they were talking about. And so there's there's that dysfunction which feels like a largely masculine thing and you couple that with the fact that traditionally – Traditionally, we don't have. Traditionally, boys aren't supposed to talk about their emotions, mm. or um, we we don't we're not supposed to have those outlets for talking about stuff. So, I guess that might explain why we when we do we do look to art or pop culture objects mm-hmm. and infuse them with more emotion and try and get more emotion from them, like the guys I uh, not guys I know, but. It, it seems that that generally speaking, men seem guys seem to drill down much more into lyrics and trying to work out what a song means and stuff like that. So, I, I think I'd like to posit a, a potential second theory as to why mm-hmm. our experience tends to be like that. Could it be because the music industry is dominated by men? 
that might also be it. And there, you know, it, there were, you know, hundreds of like, um, say for example, you know, when I was listening to quite a lot of indie music back in the nineties, hundreds of of bands with men to choose from, but female bands. What you had, Echo Belly, um, Elastica, and of the indie music, yeah, Kaniki maybe. I mean, Kaniki were cool because Kaniki were weren't the norm. Mm-hmm. So it, it could just be because sleeper, yeah, sleeper. But these <sighs> these are like these are little oasis in the middle of <laughs> oasis, uh, in in the middle of a sort of uh, a desert of of dicks. Most basically. of them, most of them didn't last very long, yeah. so they were like a blur. And <laughs> and and for the most part, it seems to me like the the music industry, certainly back when I understood it. The music industry seemed to want to keep women in a very tight little pop-shaped box. Hmm. You know, Kate Bush is remarkable because Kate Bush was unlike any other female artist, but Kate Bush shared sensibilities with any one of a number of male-dominated mm-hmm. bands. So it, it could just be that you find that, that maybe girls didn't uh, relate to relate to, to, to bands in a way they did because they weren't speaking for their experience. Maybe. Um, you know, girls were expected to like male pop bands and have pictures of men on their walls, but so were boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there, there, there was no real... And, and, and pop music was sold to girls as candy floss. Yeah, it was marketed. Pop music yeah. was marketed much more towards girls. So I, I, definitely, think. Think, I definitely think music has been, as, as with pretty much everything else has been so skewed towards men that that maybe um women of, of nicola's generation and so forth weren't just weren't very well served hmm. uh, and I, I hope that changes where there's so many it, it it's easier to publish now than it ever has i hope that you know scarlet have an opportunity to to listen to music that will move her and speak for her experience and not just what some bloke wants to sing about you know it's interesting so i thought it was because men have a less healthy relationship with art no i i don't think women do. I, don't, I don't think it's i don't think it i don't think it's how as as different genders we communicate we, we engage with art I, I just think it's that isn't isn't there for them okay maybe so you you think that there aren't natural uh, there aren't well, not natural predispositions because I still think that a lot of that is. See, this is a theory I've just it hadn't occurred to me before, so that's probably why it, it's not a good one. Um, but that, <laughs> that generally, girls are encouraged to socialise and boys are encouraged to keep their emotions and like to socialise. Well, those are the traditional and gender roles. So, they, yeah. if anyone if anyone was going to disappear off into a room and and just listen to their music or read their comics all the yeah. time, rather than spend time in the family areas yeah. and and stuff, it would be the boy. Maybe that's just my experience, though. That was very much what I did. But then, yeah. So, but then, you know, kids like you and me that went off mooning about listening to music because it talked about their feelings weren't considered to be traditionally masculine. Anyway, no, that's also they? true. Although, I mean. You know, because the the traditional British value is stiff up a lip and courage under fire. Because you know, and drink 
an awful lot yeah, we had and an, get into we had, a fight on Friday nights. We had, a, we had an empire to maintain. You can't afford to, to have men going all moody and want to listen to music about their feelings when you're sending them off to kill some brown people, do you? There is no way that the Australian penal colony could have been established yeah. if everyone was all emo all the time. Exactly. That's one thing I've learned from Jimmy McGovern's yeah. most recent series. Yeah. Oh, I've been on this shit for months. I can't be bothered. Mm. That was no good, was it? That was no good. No. Eat your eat your worm-ridden biscuits and you carry on, don't you? Yeah. Fuck that. Carry on up the penal colony. Yeah. Uh, that's another old uh, British tradition that has gone the way of the donkey. Yeah. Carry on up dinosaur. The, carry on up the damaging gender stereotypes. Uh, this week's regular features had a feature on uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Williams' diary. You love Kenneth Williams, so you should listen to it. I have read that book at least half a dozen times. It is a gut-wrenching experience. uh, This episode's good. Um, Not this episode of this. This is is appalling. Um, But this this week's episode of Regular Features has both a uh, feature on Kenneth Williams' diaries and also Richard Burton's diaries as Ah. well. You probably quite like it. I I probably would. Yeah, it's a big tome. But it's a fascinating insight into um, one of the most grumpy men in if, light entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but grumpy you and damaged. You understand why he was grumpy. Or, yeah, you know, there's also some, you know, borderline neutral, not even borderline neutral stuff in there. About his trips to Morocco. But you're getting uh, insights that I think are important. You have to know what's going on in the minds of people who have un- like the, transgressive yeah. lives. The most the most interesting um, insight I, I got out of it um, was in terms of celebrity, and um, he he lived he lived in a flat opposite his mother for for the vast majority of his adult life, um, and always lived in in central London. And um, there's this particular, I think it's in the late 70s, where he's talking about, you know, builders sort of shouting at him as he's going through the streets and so forth. And he sort of bemoans the fact that he's so well known. And I've talking, spoken about this at length. You've talked and spoken Don't, about I was, it. I was watching, what's it called? Glove and Boots. They're a, a, a puppet. Uh, do, uh, they're puppets and they, they do blogs. But what are they talking about the other day is uh, height. Height. Yeah, you have width, you have depth. Why not height? Good point. <laughs> it's a really good point, isn't it? It should be height. He's exactly right. Anyway, um, and he bemoans the fact that he has this celebrity. He's so well known, but the work he did never paid enough for him to be away from the public eye. Yeah. He couldn't afford to have a house out in the in the country where no one would disturb him. He kind of he was kind of trapped economically um in 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 the uh, in the situation he found himself. It's really interesting. I think and I've spoken it, saved a bit of money on those trips to Morocco maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I um I um I spoke before about you know how cheaply people surrender their anonymity. And it's kind of because I read that and, and got an understanding of of there is a real price to pay when everyone knows you. Because people don't treat you well if you're in the public eye because there's an over-familiarity that people have. You know, they think they know you. You're having a rela- you're having a relationship with that person through the television. They're coming into your room. It's very personal. So the person who's receiving the entertainment knows you. You don't know them, but makes them feel like, you know, they're perfectly happy to... 
got a piece of you. Yeah. They are entitled to a piece of you. Yeah. Yes. Wait, but which piece? Yeah. That's the question. I think Absolutely. that that is the ultimate question. Yes. Uh, on that bombshell, I think it's <laughs> nearly time for us to go. Yeah. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to talk about how uh, having two kids in the house is like the chicken, fox, and grain thing, but having two of each. You said that, that last I said week last in, week in, in the, the young, missing show. Yeah. But uh, the listener's going to have to make what they yeah. will of me mentioning that there. We also, uh, uh, fucking lucky escape, I think, managed to not talk about the election. Um, I think this podcast should probably be called What Happens When Nick and James Haven't Seen Each Other for a yeah. Little Bit. Because <laughs> yeah. this is generally what happens. It's sort of a rambling, free-ranging conversation. It is. Yeah. It is. But at no point did we degenerate into posh donkey. No, and there's your callback. Yeah, that's how you uh, bring a show home. Bada bing, as bada they say bing. in the business. Highly recommend Glove and Boots, by the way, if you've not seen it. If if you'd add a, a link, I'd be very grateful. They have a YouTube channel, Glove and Boots. Yeah, and if you're the person who tweeted the video on Twitter the other day that led me to find them, thank you very much. There was um, a, a moment in this. You reminded me of it when you were talking about Bell and Sebastian. Uh, there was a moment when I was listening to uh, this week's Unjustly Maligned at the bus stop and Anthony they were talking about Hudson Hawk was the name of the podcast it's Unjustly Maligned it's not Unjustly Maligned at the bus stop no it isn't called that, no, too that would be, be awesome. a really good title yeah uh, the, with our track record for uh, podcasts that are named similar things to other podcasts yeah. maybe we should yeah. do Unjustly Maligned <laughs> at the bus yeah, stop definitely. about street harassment yeah a podcast about street harassment big fluffy bastard how to do it how to avoid it. Um, but he, uh, because they were talking about Hudson Hawk, he just said, it was the first time they'd really mentioned Danny Aiello, and he said, oh yeah, and Danny Aiello's just great in that bit. I miss Danny Aiello, and I almost started crying at the bus stop. Oh, wow. Unjustly crying at the bus stop. Unjustly crying at the bus stop. I was nearly that guy mm. uh, crying at the bus stop. That guy. Like, like they have yeah. at every bus stop. Yeah, down our way. It's not crying they do at the bus stop. You got to worry about. So it's been an emotional. It's been an emotional few days. We should go. Yeah, go on. I'm going to go back out into the sunshine. Yes, mm. I'm going to go back to the office. Bye. Bye bye.